0: We're gonna get the call here. We're
1: getting the- how's it going rangers and overall hockey fans thank you guys so much for chatting in. for the latest episode of rangers review this is the coveted episode 69 so this is sure to be a blast to say the least myself tyler you guys know me as NYM on twitter or of course on youtube covering the new york mets as my main thing of course being a diehard rangers fan along with my beloved co-host that being a stat boy steven the biggest stat boy guru that you'll find out there covering all the nitty gritty about the New York Rangers in season off season, all on social media. So we got a lot to get into on the Rangers. We haven't been able to talk in a couple weeks. And since then, the Rangers have now been on a four game winning streak over the past four games. So that's great to see. So we're going to be giving our quick recaps and raw reactions to the past four games of the Rangers games, 27 to 30, along with what exactly is Gerard Gallant done different since the really mediocre start to the regular season, it's kind of funny, Stephen. I talked about our last episode how the Knicks and the Rangers are just the definition of mid, and now them both are on a winning streaks. So it's like they're thriving together. It's it's bizarre how similar of seasons both these teams are having for the same teams that play, of course, in Madison Square Garden. But more than anything, how are you doing? How are you doing today, my friend?
0: uh yeah no doing uh doing all right you know it's uh we're getting close to the holidays now Christmas and New Year's is around the corner um and uh yeah no it's uh I was in Vienna last week um just decided to visit my old old hometown where I lived for four years um saw some Christmas markets had some glue vines so it was uh, yeah it was fun uh but yeah now back to uh back to the usual you know back to work watching the Rangers getting frustrated but As you said, the last couple of games, uh, the Rangers seem to have found something. Uh, And it started kind of late in that game against the Blues on uh, December 5th, which... Yeah, let's get into that
1: game with the Blues.
0: Yeah, I joked about it on Twitter that it was like a a Sinterklaas gift. It's like the the Dutch version of Santa Claus. They celebrated on December 5th. Uh Anyway, in that game, the Rangers take an, take an early lead with Fox and Schneider scoring in the first period and Butchnevich for the Blues. Um, but after the second period, I'm not going to go through all the goals, but after the second period, they're down 4-3. Uh, so they go into the third period. And uh, with like two or three minutes to go in the third period, Gerard Galland decided to switch it up because that's what he does. The guy should be making milkshakes. Um <laughs> But he he switched it up in the way that I wanted it to see. I wanted to see Lafreniere and Kako with Zibanejad, and that's what he did. And in their third period, Lafreniere with a goal and an assist, Zibanejad with an assist, the Rangers score three times, and they win that game 6-4 in regulation. Um, and that was the first, I think that was the first game this season where the Rangers go into the third being down and actually winning it. So A really good, really good job by the Rangers to pull that out of the fire. But what really stands out to me is that they finished that game with Lafreniere and Kako on the top line with Zibanejad. And we saw that for a couple of games after that. You know, the game against Vegas, Kako scored the only goal for the Rangers his fifth of the season. So it seems like they had something there. Uh, The Rangers win. uh, Sorry, not he scored the first goal for the Rangers, of course. Um, Rangers win that game five one. Uh, Zabanejad with I think uh, two goals and an assist, um, and Lafreniere yeah. with, a, with a goal as well. So that line with Kako, Lafreniere, and Zabanajad, all three got a goal. So that yep. was that was really fun to watch to to finally see those first and second overall pick picks uh, get some game time with a player that they should be playing with.
1: Yeah, it was third-period domination in that game in Vegas. You know, Gerard Gallant returning to Vegas once again, and Mika on the power play. Heel, with a goal, who, of course, is a big talk of the town after what he did last night against New Jersey. That will be getting into Alexi Lafreniere. with a goal. And both of Mika's goals are power play goals, as a matter of fact, in in that game. So that was great to see. I mean, yes, we know that Mika has been known for being not – not a complete power play merchant, but you know what to expect with him, especially in that left dot, because it always holds true. He's no. and, he's and, our Alexander Ovechkin in that sense. He really yeah. is.
0: And let's also talk about the other line in the top six, uh, Panarin with Hedl and Goudreau. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Goudreau on the second line is not terrible. You could do a lot worse. But uh, <coughs> I'd like to see someone with a little bit more upside on, in that position. But for now, having Panarin with Hedl, that seems to be a stroke of genius. That third line with Kreider and Trojek seems to be doing really well.
1: Yeah, no, playing It just against. makes the team look so much deeper. And this is something uh, that you've been you've been, yeah. crying for for, it feels like, a while. Like, you're like, yeah. put Kreider on the third line. Remember yeah. last season, we were saying the same exact thing up in – earlier in the year, I should say, because if, there weren't many stretches of Kreider where it's like, no, you can't. You can't demote him. You know what I mean? Because he, when you have an Adam Graves fifty-plus goal season, you know it's it's a hard argument to make. But it's definitely something that I know you especially have harped on many times over the past couple of seasons, and now and we're finally starting to see it.
0: Look, it's not like it's it's really uh, such a foreign concept. The Penguins, yeah. I, I brought this up multiple times. The Penguins won two cups with Kessel on their third line. Yep. You know, they, they could have put Kessel with Crosby or with Malkin, but no, they had a third line of Kessel, Bernino, and Aglin, the HBK line. And they won two cups that way. If the Rangers can find similar chemistry with Kreider and now Trocek and whoever the third player on that on that third line will be, if that can actually work long term, you create so much more depth and so much more balance in your team, as you say. Um I but i I was just happy to see Kako and Lafreniere getting an extended look with uh with Sabanajev for once.
1: Yeah, no, um, as was I for sure. Yeah. Uh um, and then
0: and then and then they go to Colorado. Um yeah. Kind of more Colorado Eagles team than a Colorado Avalanche team because they they, they were missing, I think, nine starting players.
1: Yes, and of course, in typical Rangers fashion, it, it was a nail-biter all the way till the end. <laughs> they need to shootout
0: to win, but they win the shootout to nothing. Uh, so, um, it's just can get some revenge on Georgiev for that loss earlier. At the yeah, and Georgie team. had
1: a phenomenal game, too. I have to give him credit. I mean, he's, he, you'd have to imagine, of course, he has a chip on his shoulder when he's playing this Ranger team. And, you know, he's yeah, proven but, it in, in these little skins. Also,
0: we saw this last season when when Stjorkin went, went, uh, went down with injury against the Sharks at home, and Georgiev played like a longer stretch. You could see that his performance went up. Yeah, Georgiev was always the type of goalie that plays better when he has more rhythm. Mm-hmm. And now in Colorado, he gets that rhythm. He's their starting goalie, so it works for them. Um, yeah. And then the fourth game where we finally get our first four-game winning streak of the season was last night. Now I was very happy with the first line of Lafreniere, Zibanejad, Kako, but unfortunately that lasted about five minutes in this game because the Rangers conceded two early goals and Gallant does what Gallant does, you know, he cannot help himself, so and, he decided to put his uh, pl- playlist on shuffle and he moved, he moved uh, he swapped Hedele and Zibanejad, so it was Panarin, Zibanejad, Goudreau, and then the kid line back together.
1: Um, I and would like to make three. a note, though, not to cut you off, mm-hmm. Steven, I just want to say when I saw it was an early lead for the Devils in this one, 2-0, I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is ex- exactly what this Ranger team needs after having a 2 nothing lead against New Jersey last time around. Because we yeah. all know the Rangers fell apart. And thankfully, for the Rangers' sake, they this was the exact t- type of momentum that they actually needed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then in the third period, they uh they concede a goal. Um, I think it was Jack Hughes.
1: Yep, uh, Jack Hughes always gonna yeah. score against these Rangers. That's for sure.
0: And then I think he got a penalty shot after that.
1: And uh, yes, he did, and Igor Shasturkin got the stick out and made a phenomenal stop. That's probably the game saver right there. No, if no. Jack Hughes scores that goal, I don't see the Rangers winning this one.
0: I looked at that in the replay. I don't think Shosturkin hit the puck at all. He just
1: he just hit Hughes with a stick. Yeah, then, yeah, no, he just poked him off out at him. and tripped him up. Yeah. Still worked.
0: Still yep. worked. But then uh, late in the second period, or yeah, uh, a little later in the second period, Trocek scores on the power play. Mm-hmm. And then seven seconds later, Kako ties it. So oh, beautiful. Two, one goals, two goals in seven seconds. Now that took me some time to look up this morning, of course. Um, it's the seventh fastest two goal sequence by the Rangers. Uh, they scored two goals in four seconds once back in 2014 um, against the San Jose Sharks, Martin St. Louis and Rick Nash. Wow! Um, and then in, most recently in 2020 was six seconds between two goals for Zibanejad and Kreider when they played the Toronto Maple Leafs in um, in February of 2020. Uh, but yeah, seven seconds between two goals—that's that's that you don't see that very often. No, um, you do not. And, And looking through these numbers, there's games in here from like 1936, 1944, 1946, where they scored twice in five seconds, twice in seven seconds. Names like Neil Colville show up, Uh, Ab DeMarco Sr., Tony Leswick, people that our grandparents probably don't even know. (laughs) <laughs> but it was fun to look at. But the Rangers score twice, take it to overtime, and then Hedl scores in overtime to uh Oh, the a win.
1: shot, too. Gets the drop back pass to the right side and gets a post and in from the far side on Vanacek.
0: Phenomenal yeah,
1: yeah. work there by Hedl. That was a beautiful shot. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: yeah, Rangers with a four-game winning streak for the first time this season, and um, they needed it. They needed that, that, that
1: winning streak for once.
0: Yeah, um, they, they did. The Funniest thing was the celebration after the Kako goal. Did you see what happened there?
1: Uh, specifically, no. What? What? what uh, so,
0: well, first of all, it was a very fun. It was basically a rebuild goal because the five players on the ice were Hedel, Kako, Miller, Lafreniere, and Schneider, all first over first round picks by the Rangers since 2017.
1: Yeah. So, is that uh, nuts when you think about it? You have a whole. Wave of first round picks on the ice at the same time. It is All kind of bizarre five. when you think about it.
0: All five of those players are your own first round picks, and the oldest one is Filipe at age twenty three. Yeah, that is that is that is amazing. But yeah, they they were celebrating in the corner, and they were just like they were like falling over each other. It's it's <laughs> like they were, they were playing Twister or something. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was a fun uh, it was a fun sequence seeing Kako score that goal. You know, really happy for him. And honestly, since uh, Gerard Galland made that change, putting Lafreniere and, and Kako as advantage, at even though he changed it up again last night, their their five five on five point production has gone up significantly. Um, so hopefully we can uh, hopefully we can we can stick with this, um, and and hopefully we can see more of this because if there's if there's one thing Kako and Lafreniere need, it's some stability at even strength.
1: Absolutely. And that's something that I know that we've harped on for a while, because at the end of the day, we know how talented these two, you know, top former picks are. And it just it would it would be a damn shame if the Rangers end up not doing enough with them, you know, not giving them the proper opportunities they deserve. And I understand, again, we've over we've always had these discussions on. How it's a little bit different for a Rangers team that always has high pressure, high stakes, especially in a big market. They're expected to win as soon as they basically have a somewhat capable roster. Like there's always high expectations with a team like this. But you also make the fair argument again that you need to give these kids not only time, but especially a leash. And look, we saw Alexi Lafreniere have a 20-goal season in uh, this past season, right? Now he's on pace as of now for 40 points in 80 games, Kapokako a little less because he has 10 points through 30 thus far, but you got to hope that these kids get continue, to get more playing time because they have not been a detriment to the lack of success. The Rangers have had uh, throughout what has rather been a mediocre first quarter of the season up until this latest Wayne streak that is now a season high at four games. So you got to hope that for them and for Gallant that, he doesn't just say, okay, you know, we're going to stick with the kettle line once again, because if it wasn't for me mixing things around, uh, we wouldn't have won that game against the Devils. Whether that's true or not, it shouldn't change the fact that you should still go back to how you were orchestrating things. I really did like seeing Kako and Lafreniere paired with Zibane Jad, or at least in that top six in general, because unfortunately if, if this was a situation for not only, um, Gallant, but for others, you know, where you're on the third line, but you're getting the same amount of ice time, and you're getting a fairly equal amount of power play time as well. If that was the case, then I wouldn't really care nearly as much about what exact line they're on, because I, as long as they're given more playing time, then the opportunities will naturally come with it. But we have naturally seen that, again, guys out of the top six are just not getting the ice time. That you would hope to see, you know, even Kreider's ice time was cut back a little bit up until the changes that we've seen recently, because when he's naturally when you're on the third line, you're just not getting as many opportunities aside from power play, which Kreider will always be in the forefront of. So uh, I got to ask you, though, Stephen, with the Rangers on this four game winning streak, how much do you credit Gerard Gallant in this instance for, again, a guy that we have all been critical on heavily? to start the year and do you think that the rangers are going to finally start to turn the tide from a consistency level here for the remainder of the season or do we just find ourselves in a nice little flame and then they're going to go back to mediocrity for another couple weeks like give me your overall outlook on the rangers right now and their future over the next month or so
0: yeah look can we praise Golan for what he what he did now putting those lines together look it was so obvious and and it took him this long it's it's kind of like when you're when you're in a house and there's like this beep coming from somewhere and you don't know where it is. Oh, so the, start...
1: that's the worst when you have a beep going on. Yeah. Oh. So 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 you, so you
0: start cutting like like punching holes in the wall to find it. And after the 177th hole you finally find what's making the beeping noise and then you pat yourself on the back for finding it. That's that's what it feels with Galand and these these line combinations. It was only a week, uh, it was only two weeks ago, that we, we were watching VZ uh, in the top six. Yeah. You know, VZ, who, with all due respect for VZ, he came here on on a tryout. That guy is a very solid fourth liner. If you use him the right way, he should not be in the top six. I'm happy that Gallant finally found the right combination. Let's just hope he is smart enough to stick with it, even when the Rangers are down a goal. Like the Rangers pull a win out of, out of the fire against the devils after they changed it up. That doesn't mean that they should stick with the changes for the next game. Like you said, you should go back to how you started the last game. You know, if you have a bad start, that shouldn't change your whole, your whole strategy for the rest of the season. And with Gallant, it feels like that's the case. That's,
1: that's fair. Yeah. I, I, I I tend to agree with you on that viewpoint. That analogy, especially was great, but you know, when evaluating the Rangers and seeing them get this winning streak, some things have definitely split out. Not only the line changes up until the most recent game last night where a lot mixed things up again, but I think more than anything, you're just finally seeing a Rangers team that's able to handle adversity more, right? You know, you think about that Blues game. It was back and forth. The Rangers did not have the lead that entire game, and they were able to overcome that and eventually win. Um, you even think about how tight of a game it was against the Avalanche. I mean, those are games that, a lot of the times, especially where the Rangers are getting every shot imaginable on goal, because you really faced a lot of shots in that matchup. That felt almost like a trap game for the Rangers facing an abs team that was really injured. That basically was an AGL team in a lot of ways. Those are games where you wouldn't have been too surprised if the Rangers lost yeah. just because it we've seen that stereotype not go their way so many times they end up prevailing and still winning in overtime, shoot at would, rather. Would, and then the latest a... game against the Devils. Yeah. So I think the adversity thing is definitely key. And hopefully mm-hmm. this is something that they can continue to build off of.
0: Yeah, I'll give Gallant credit for one thing, though. When Truba had a really bad start to the game where he essentially was the reason we gave up those first two goals. Yes. He, sw- he swapped him and
1: Schneider. Yep. I'll give him credit for that one.
0: That, and, was, that, and, was, that was a good move.
1: And, and those are things that we need to see more of. You know what I mean? Like it. It's always frustrating as a fan when you see these things transpire and you know damn well that you're like, yes, you're a fan, so you don't know everything that goes into it, but you're still very adamant about saying that, okay, if we just make this one line change, this one pivot, this one move, holding players more accountable. We're going to see better results. It's great that Gallant is now doing this. It would have been nice if he did this a lot earlier to start the season, especially with Jacob Truba, who's been anything but a productive captain when it comes to performance on the ice so far this season. Nothing mm-hmm. personal against Truba, but I mean, good gracious, how how many times has he been an issue defensively for this team to start yeah. the year? I mean, which, I, I can count more on, question, on my
0: hands. Which brings up a question: Is there a captaincy curse? In New York with the Rangers.
1: <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that because Callahan was a phenomenal player for what he was. You know?
0: Oh, is is, is there a captaincy curse for defensemen? Let's let's let's
1: defenseman. Right. I mean Truba, McDonough, Lee. I mean Mac wasn't even Mac wasn't nearly this bad up until his trade. So I don't no, know. but
0: but it's it's like the moment they put on the sea, their 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 performance just went down. It, it's now, there's no curse. We're just talking nonsense. But <laughs> it's 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 an in, it's an interesting topic at least to bring up. Look, Truba needs to be better, and I love that he was held accountable for his mistakes because a player making eight million and captaining the team is not always held accountable like that. So I'm happy to see that.
1: Oh, as am I. And again, hopefully this is something that'll continue for them going forward. And where we look at where the Rangers currently stand, again, I know it doesn't mean too much, but everyone always checks them. I know I'm not the I only one. I think they're currently
0: in the first wild card spot. I think okay. they're three points behind the Penguins, but the Penguins have a game in hand, so we're not terrible.
1: Um, no, no, we're we're not we're 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 above mediocre as things stand right now, um yeah. which is great to see. And again, it, it, it always crack me up how both the Rangers and the Knicks are, have, have had such similar trends this year, too. It just still it's not just this year, it's
0: like through history. Like 1994, they both went to the final, for instance.
1: I know, but we, unfortunately, the Knicks can get done that year. That, uh, uh, uh. When
0: was the last, did the, the Knicks ever win an NBA championship?
1: Yes, but it's been a long time. It was like 70s? Well, wow, when was the last time the Knicks won specifically? Right, I'm, I'm look it look up. Look it up. Did they? Did they win with a? They've uh, had to have won with Clyde, right? 1970 and
0: 1973.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time. You think? Wow. You think Rangers fans have been through a lot? <laughs> 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 Knicks fans say, "Hold my beer." <laughs> Literally, <laughs> holy shit. Granted, I know us Ranger fans. I mean, I wasn't even live. They've only won one championship uh, in the past what eighty years.
0: The only the only people that have success at Madison Square Garden are the artists, because even they get banners going up now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that happened with um, uh, what's his face, Harry Styles, because he performed like I think I believe it was at least two weeks straight at the Garden. Is he the guy from One Direction? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. He he legit performed every night for like two plus weeks straight at MSG, which has never been done before. So that's what warranted him getting a banner, which I will say is insane to think about. Like, how do you even do that? Um, but it is a little frustrating still to see Harry Styles as banner there and not more championships. Like, come on. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Oh, you know. Oh.
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah, look, look, the Rangers have a four-game winning streak. Their next game is against the Maple Leafs. Is it tomorrow? Yeah, I
1: know it's and, uh today, at, Thursday, Thursday, yeah, yeah,
0: and then and then a, a road trip against the Flyers, Blackhawks, and Penguins. Um, aside from the the Penguins. I think all, all three of those are winnable games.
1: The, the Maple Leafs, if you contain Marner, they don't scare me. Okay, let, let's do this, given the fact that we really don't have much more to harp on here. Besides, I, I want to hear your prospect updates uh, for sure. Why don't we just do our predictions now and hope that they stay true, that we record when it's in line? Because we, we haven't even been able to properly do that yet for this season. Um, so, yeah, make sure you got your paper ready. Um, you went first last time. I don't know who was closer, though. Um, what, what, what was the date we last recorded? Do you remember? Uh, November
0: 23rd, I want to say. November 23rd. Okay. Well, in that case, so that's 11 goals then. Um, and I had
1: 10. So that means that I win.
0: woo
1: Okay, so you can go first then. So I'll go first. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess let's just do it for the next four games with the assumption we don't record until Wednesday or Thursday of next week. Okay. And Argentina just scored again, so <laughs> there's that well, <laughs> for FIFA. Uh,
0: at least FIFA is uh, is getting what they want. Let's put it that way. If people want to talk about rigged,
1: this won't <laughs> I know. I know. know.
0: Um, So four games. Um, Let's go with uh, two, one, and one. And four games, I'll go with 13 goals.
1: You're going with 13 goals? Yeah. Okay. So for me, you said two, one, and one. One, two, three, four. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with three and one, and for uh, and oh uh, uh, never mind. Um, and for goals two, four, six, eight, I'm going to go with the under. Okay, I'll write down twelve
0: then. Mm-hmm. I'm also gonna write down the date in case we
1: uh, we lose, mess this up.
0: lose lose track again. Yeah. <laughs> all right great it's on my monitor
1: awesome okay well before we wrap things up what what's the latest prospect updates you got for us steven A- anything uh, good since last time we spoke uh yeah world junior is coming up what so, when exactly is that starting
0: uh first game starts on the 26th Okay, Uh,
1: so right after Christmas, gotcha.
0: Boxing Day or whatever they call it in different countries. In the Netherlands, we call it Second Christmas Day because we uh, don't have the creativity to think of a better name. Um, (laughs) But the 26th of December is, I think, the first game. The final is on January 5th, which is Brennan Othman's birthday. So we might see a a birthday gift for him in the form of a medal. Um, He was announced for Team Canada, I think, yesterday they announced their roster for the tournament um another one who is confirmed to go is Jaroslav Kmelars for uh, the czech republic or czechia uh adam sikor for slovakia
1: and do you know how his season has been by chance um
0: well he leads all uh all teenagers in points he actually leads all players younger than 21 in points in his league okay um you have to understand that he's playing in a professional league. It's the yeah, the Slovak- yeah it's like it's like Heedle
1: all over again. Yeah,
0: so you're not going to see him put up a point per game, but considering his age, he's doing really well. He only turned eighteen in September. Uh, but Adam Sikora is going to play for Slovakia, and then there's Noah Alaba, who's currently with with the U.S. training camp for World Juniors. They still have some cuts to make, so he's not confirmed yet, but he has a chance to make the team as well if he does make the team that would give us four players in the world juniors uh not as much as we had in previous years but um still uh fun to watch four different countries and have something to look for um one other update about Adam Sikora this was reported last week he actually got into an altercation in a floorball game in Slovakia um define altercation well he was tackled late in the game and uh he confronted the player got in his face um and then that started a uh, a scrum and his teammate andre molnar who's draft eligible next summer uh grabbed someone by the throat and uh he was charged with assault so... holy shit! <laughs> and funny story o- andre molnar announced today that he after the world juniors he's going to canada to play for the erie or not canada to play for the Erie Otters in the Ontario Hockey League. They're one of the three American teams in the OHL.
1: Wow. Okay. So it's very Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> like uh,
0: someone someone on Twitter said he got in one little final and, and his mom got scared.
1: Yeah. You know what that reminds me of? Um another player, uh what was it two drafts ago that went from I think I believe it was Czech to I want to say the OHL. Young uh, Michel, who was drafted by the Canadiens. Correct. Yep. Glad I-, I totally forgot his name, so I'm glad he said that. Um yeah. I wonder how his progression's doing too, because I haven't heard n- i I've not heard about him in a while.
0: Uh but he's in the obviously. AHL. I think he's doing decently. Um yeah. he was known for I being don't...
1: a stall goal scorer, but had yeah. playmaking concerns when he was drafted.
0: Yeah. Played in the world juniors last August, actually, as if I remember correctly. Um so yeah, we have a couple of players playing in the world juniors. Um other than that, no no real updates. Brett Barrard is doing doing well in college as can be expected. Bryce McConnell Barker is probably the the guy that stands out the most in terms of exceeding expectations for the Sioux Greyhounds in the OHL. And Ryder Korzak was sent back to juniors by the Rangers. He started the season with the Hartford Wolfpack, but was sent back to the Moose Joe Warriors in the WHL. Okay. So
1: gotcha. Um, one last thing that I want us to make note of before we wrap up this one is episode sixty-nine and the jersey history of sixty-nine in the AHL. Obviously, so many players have worn the number, and obviously, I'm also joking. So, Stephen, what is the history of the number sixty-nine? Because, well, has a Ranger ever worn it, or is it just I, AHL?
0: I looked through Traverse City tournament rosters going back fifty years. I've looked through prospect development camp rosters going back 10 years (laughs) and I couldn't find a player that wore number 69 not in preseason not in development camp not in Traverse City Uh, so to my knowledge no Ranger has ever worn number 69 um but uh we did have the emergency backup goalie a couple of years ago uh who had number 69 I forget his name oh that's right Yeah, he had like Mac backup on his jersey, but I I cannot remember his name. Anyway, yeah. no Rangers have worn number sixty nine, but there have been two players in the NHL that have worn it in official games: Mel Englstadt, uh for the Washington Capitals in o three o four, played two games, and Andrew uh, Desjardins for the San Jose Sharks, and that was in two thousand ten. Desjardins wore
1: it. I did not know that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, he, yeah, he, he used it for I think two seasons. Uh played for the Chicago Blackhawks later on. Yep. Uh, oh by the way, I got the uh, the name of the backup goalie. Uh let me let me find it here. Uh where's his name? Uh, Andrew Margolin.
1: Interesting. Andrew Margolin. Never never heard the name in my life until now, but he's a beauty. I remember when that happened. Yeah. Yeah, Mick, backup. That's hilarious. <laughs> so,
0: uh, yeah, no, no, no player has ever worn number sixty-nine. So we'll have some uh, some former Rangers uh, with the next number when we record again for number seventy.
1: Beautiful. Okay. Well, I think that's a perfect way to cap things off. Just wanted to have a nice short and sweet episode here for Rangers review episode 69. Our goal is to hopefully be back four games from now for the Rangers. As we said, they have an interesting schedule. Again, there'll be home from Toronto this Thursday, the 15th, then at Philly, which I would actually love to go to that game, but I don't think it's feasible for this weekend because I really would like to go to Philly. Um, Not, not for the sake of being around a uh, flyers fans, but well, Fargo is like a solid, you know, hour, hour and a half. You just were
0: all hanging out in Philly. No,
1: I, I don't. I will, ge- I will give them credit for this, though, especially for any type of Philly fan. It has to be awesome how centered all their stadiums are because it's in one big parking lot. So in the days that there are multiple teams playing at once, like the Eagles were playing at once. The Eagles – oh, no, the Eagles were playing when the Phillies were in the World Series, but the Eagles were away for that game, I think. But, like, just – Whenever there's more than one sporting event happening, it's insane. Obviously, if you're not a Philly fan, you tend to hate it. But at the same time, again, it's a great atmosphere and it's a nice, comfortable area. It's like right when you first enter Philly. So you don't deal with any nonsense. And you just have all the stadiums from Wells Fargo to Citizens Bank Park to Lincoln Financial. It's all right there. So it, I will I've say actually been to, uh,
0: I've actually been to Wells Fargo once for a preseason game three years ago. Yeah uh it was this weird pla- like biblical plague of of bugs that was there was all over all over the pavement uh like the the, the lantern flies the asian lantern flies uh so that's what i remember from my visit to philly
1: oh um, oh, you're talking about um why am i bl- yeah the lantern flies exactly yeah yeah, yeah exactly. that that was like at the peak of their swarm was it not
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it was, like I said, it was almost
1: biblical. Um, (laughs) The other
0: thing I remember from Wells Fargo is the crab fries, which are delicious.
1: You know what? I have a very hot take with the crab fries. I don't love them nearly as much as everyone else. Um, So I I think it's one of those things, especially if you're more of an outsider, you only get them once in a blue moon. It's okay, you're
0: allowed to be wrong.
1: (laughs) my, My best friend Jonah is an absolute whore for the crab fries he loves those things and him and I always have a budding of heads with opinions on food and things of that nature but yeah anytime especially when we go to uh, if we go to Wells Fargo Citizens Bank Park he wants the crap like I took him for a Phillies Mets game during the summer um and of course it was his birthday so he's a Phillies fan I'm like oh I'll, I'll gift you we'll go to a Phillies Mets game Mets, of course, won, so it was more of a birthday gift for me than it was him, but at least he got his crab fries. So he was happy about that. (laughs) But yeah. All right. By the way,
0: speaking speaking of birthday gifts, um, I have uh tried have I've consumed one of the um dogfish head bottles that you gave me.
1: How how was it? Were they good?
0: Oh no, it's nice. It's uh you only need only drink one if you drink no, one, they, one, they, you're crazy they
1: are right? they make you want to pucker your lips as soon as as soon as you taste them they're yeah. strong I think of
0: like 18 percent but it's it's like the beer that I that I just use for like special occasions I'll probably have one on New Year's Eve
1: yeah that would be uh, a good time to have one yeah yeah, yeah. two 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 and you're <laughs> you're, you're not yeah. waking up for work the next day <laughs> no.
0: so, uh all right um, hopefully we can record within the next three weeks and I'll wait this long again yes um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. um it, it, ideally before Christmas because I am flying to Sweden to uh, attend longquist retirement night
1: yeah and that's and that's uh, awesome very excited for you that should be phenomenal um
0: so yeah hopefully uh yeah hopefully yeah. I get to uh, enjoy that
1: and and bring back some nice souvenirs so Beautiful. Yeah, well, the goal is to, again, be back here a week or so from now. So, guys, everyone that are watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Thank you guys all so much. For wherever, for wherever you get your podcast, make sure to rate, review, all that fun stuff. For Rangers Review, myself, check me out again on Twitter at WardyNYM. And, of course, if you're a New York Mets fan, make sure to check out my YouTube channel at WardyNYM covering all the latest for the Metropolitan's. And Statboy Steven at StatBoy underscore Steven on Twitter breaking down all the latest on not only prospect reports, but just sharing raw thoughts on the New York Rangers every single day. Thank you guys all so much for watching and listening once more. As always, Stephen, let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers.